You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Today we're going to talk a little bit about a player that we think will excel and another player that we think is probably going to be a disappointment. Uh, with me this evening, I've got Louis Ragone. Hello, everyone. And I've got Jim Johnson. Good evening, Fin Fans. And we are excited. We're another week closer to uh, training camp. Uh, Lou, uh, so tell me, who's your breakout player going to be? Who's the guy that's going to get us excited? Kenyon Drake is my guy. Oh. He has the most up potential, I believe, out of all of our offensive players. Um, you look at his numbers over his first couple of seasons. 2017, go back to that five-game span near the end of the year. And, and this is the thing that frust- frustrates me when people talk about him. He's a guy over that five-game period that carried the ball 21 times a game and averaged almost 120 yards in doing so. So when they talk about the fact that they don't think he's capable of doing something like that, he did it in a very small dose. Uh, that's a third of the season, but he did it, and he, and he did it very well, and he was extremely productive in doing it. Now... You move on to 2018, and you have a guy that uh, touched the ball 120 times. He had 535 yards. He averaged four and a half yards a carry. He had 53 receptions for another 477 yards. So here's a guy that basically had about a thousand, close to a thousand yards in offense. He had nine touchdowns, which led our team. Now this guy wasn't on the field for about 50% of our offensive snaps. Uh, you talk about Frank Gore and what he brought to the team last year. Now, he averaged about the same amount of yards per carry. Mr. Gore had a grand total of zero touchdowns rushing the football last year. He had one receiving touchdown. So when you talk about Kenyon Drake, in my eyes, he's a guy that Absolutely has to get the ball more this year. He's shown that he can be extremely productive in doing so. Uh, he did take a little bit of a step backward, but again, I think that had a lot to do with Gay- him and Gase's relationship. Uh, there's nothing here that shows me why he wouldn't get the ball a lot more than he did last year. I think that it's key to us going forward. And he's going to be my breakout guy. I think he's due for a big, big season. Uh, Gave you my reasons why. Again, nine touchdowns last year, more than anybody else on the football team, a guy that was only on the field about half of our offensive snaps. So those are my thoughts on him. Yeah, I got to agree with you, Lou. Um, Kenyon Drake was probably my offensive breakout player, but I knew he was going to be your guy, so I, I picked somebody else. I just want to add two little things to your commentary there. Another big reason he'll he's going to have a big year is this is his basically his contract year, so he's got to shine <laughs> to earn his next contract. <laughs> yeah, and that it, always helps. Yeah, it definitely does. And they brought Frank Gore in last year to try to be a leader in all of this. And I think that hurt Kenyon Drake's confidence level. And 
last year, you could kind of see it. He was trying too hard back there. But enough of that Kenyon Drake stuff. We just got to hope that comes to fruition. Uh, my breakout guy is on the defensive side of the ball, and it's a linebacker, Jerome Baker. You know, our linebacking core has been less than desirable for a number of years now. And, you know, we drafted McMillan, and he got injured right off the bat and missed his whole, you know, rookie year. Baker was a third-round pick, and he came in and played really solid football last year. You know, 57 solo tackles, you know, another 22 assists, three sacks, and an interception that he ran back for a touchdown. You know, the guy is pretty solid. He's been hammered about being maybe too small to be effective in the run game. But, here, you know, he's a guy that had a lot of stops, you know, on whether it's a, a run blitz or what have you. But he did make a lot of stops in the running game. Of all of our linebackers, you know, he's the only one that has the speed and the fluid hips and, you know, dare I say, the ability to be a good coverage linebacker. Kiko Alonso, we've seen what he does on the field. He makes a lot of tackles, but coverage is just non-existent. Baker is really going to take off this year, I feel. Flores is going to put him in better situations. He's going to be doing more things. He's going to be rushing the passer. He's going to be, you know, blitzing more and moving around. And I feel that that plays right into his strong suit, and, and he's going to have a great year for us. Well, I I kind of like that pick. I, I don't know how much of a breakout he's going to be because he, I thought he had a halfway decent year last year, but I can go with it. I do think they'll use him a little differently. I would expect him to blitz a little more, uh, and hopefully that gets him some sacks and gets us some sacks because somebody's going to have to get him. As far as Drake, I think the reason he did so well in 2017, Lou, is because he excelled those last five weeks of the season, like you said, but what he really excelled at was yards after contact. I believe he led the league during that stretch. I'm pretty sure he did. That was a that was a great final few games he had. So if he can continue that, then he, he should be somebody who's getting the ball more, and hopefully uh, they're blocking better, and uh, him not getting the ball isn't going to happen. There was some talk last year he didn't run or, you know, follow the play design as they were called, and, and there was a lot of critiques towards uh, Kenyon Drake. But, uh, you know, we know who the coach was, and we know he was kind of a hard guy to please. I mean, a lot of backs tend to not always go where they're supposed to go because they're they're reacting to what they're seeing. So uh, sometimes it works, and sometimes it gets you in the doghouse. Um, now, as far as my player that, that I think is going to have a breakout season, well, he's going to do so because he's a rookie. I think Christian Wilkins is going to come in here, and he's going to be a first-round pick that we're actually going to be happy to have. Uh, I think he's going to build on what they started last year with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and he's going to come in and actually be a dominant player right away. That's something our defense sorely needs. It's something our defensive line sorely needs. And, and I do think he's got the right attitude and the right mentality to uh, come in and absorb as much as he can. He's going to be positive about whatever they ask him to do. And I'm really looking forward to watching this kid uh, hit the field. Yeah, I, I like that pick, Mike. And I, you know, I love uh, Jim's pick as well. Jerome Baker was a, uh, was a guy that I was looking at as well in regard to a breakout player. Because of the fact that he played so well as a rookie. I mean, he started from day one, and he was productive. 
Pro Football Focus had him uh, rated at 70.3, Mike, which is actually pretty decent. It's pretty right? decent. Right. I mean, as for a rookie, yeah, a guy that, and And think about let, – let's throw in a couple other things in the, into Jerome Baker and the guys that were playing in front of him and to each side of him. Uh, not really good years out of any of them. Uh, he was ranked the 29th best linebacker at his position, you know, among everybody in the NFL, out of all linebackers. Now, the thing is this, is that when you get thrown into a situation as a rookie and you play as well as he did, I think he's going to take a step up from there. He's got 16 games under his belt. So, again, Jim, I, I thought that was a really, really solid guy. In regard to your guy, Mike, you know, it, it remains to be seen. I mean, we haven't seen him at the pro football level, but you would expect that he's going to be a guy from what everything we've heard and seen of him in regard to his college play that he will excel and will help this team going forward. So I think all three guys are are, are good picks. Yeah, you know, when I was looking at the roster and, you know, some names came to mind right off the top of my, my head, but I wanted to look at the roster and really see if there was somebody else I hadn't really thought about. And I'm looking at it and I'm, you know, you look at the receiver group, you've got two main players that are coming off fairly substantial injuries. So I you can't go with one of those guys and, and Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker, you know, Stills is probably going to continue to do what he's done. And Parker, I didn't even want to talk about Parker. It's been so many years. Of well, what the hell did you bring him up for then? What if? You know, he's <laughs> he's probably just going to do the same thing, other than he does have a different contract scenario now. But when you look at the position groups, there's nobody that really really stare, sticks out that he's really going to, you know, be a, a great player for us. But when I was thinking about Baker, I'm like, man – this guy could really thrive in this new system. And Mike, your, your guy, Christian Wilkins, in my notes that I had earlier, one of the biggest things was, you know, playing behind Christian Wilkins will give him some better opportunities maybe. So, yes, you know, uh, the defensive line play is key to the linebackers and vice versa. You know, if somebody's out of position, you know, you end up with two guys in the wrong place. And it works in both directions. You know, if the defensive line holds his own and the linebacker's on his back, well, then the, the play runs right by him. So right. you've got to fill your gaps. And I just think between Wilkins and, and Baker, I think we've got two solid guys on defense. Well, don't don't forget Fitzpatrick. I think uh, with a new coaching staff, we're going to see a little better production from him. And you've got Xavier Howard and, and Minka Fitzpatrick behind those two guys. Yep. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what uh, Flores and company can put together with this defense. Right. Yeah, you guys are hitting it in regard to the coaches. You know, we talk about the new coaching staff coming in and doing things, and hopefully, <laughs> you know, they do what we, you know, we think hopefully. they're going to do. Right. We, hopefully. we hope because we've been down this road before, but – you would assume that they're going to put these guys in a great position. And, you know, again, you know, Baker, as long as he's got good coaching around him and we get some solid players in front of him and behind him, I think he's going to become a really, really good player and a guy that's going to be around and very productive for us over the next few seasons. So I like that. All right. So let's talk about the other end of the coin here. Um, Jim, who do you think is not going to – Make us happy. Uh, now for the bad part, huh? We were just talking about 
you know, how excited we were to see that what the defense is going to shape up to be. And my, you know, buster maybe cut is a, is a defensive guy, Charles Harris. I, I doubt he'll be cut because he's basically still on his rookie deal. But when I looked at his film, now he, he played about a third of the snaps last year, 347 snaps, I think. And he hardly got into a highlight reel anywhere. Uh, I was watching some Jerome Baker highlights, and hey, what do you know? There's Charles Harris. I had to look at a Baker highlight to see Harris. So this is problematic for me because I didn't see him make enough impact plays in his opportunities last year. Now, well, this You is, didn't miss him because nobody saw him. Well, and this is my thing. I mean, here's a guy that should want to be earning more playing time. How do you earn more playing time? Well, you go out and make a play. It's not, you know, I mean... It's not that difficult. If you want to get on the field, you got to outplay Robert Quinn. Go sack the quarterback. Go, you know, tackle a guy for a loss. Make an impact play. He did not do that. So today I look back at his college, you know, statistics, and it wasn't very good in three years of college either. You know, he only had, uh, let's see, I think he had 80 tackles and 18 sacks in three years of play. Now that's, uh, I think it was like 40 games. You know, it's just not enough production. And in the college, when you've got a defensive end coming out, he should be making impact plays if he's going to be your your top draft pick. I got a bad feeling he's just going to continue on the same way. You know, he's, he's not big enough to be a good defensive end, and he's not really built for a stand-up outside linebacker. He's an in-between type of guy, and I just don't think he's got the motor to make that work. Jim, you stole my thunder because it's funny. I'm, I'm right on the same page with you. Charles Harris was my guy as well. You look at and you taught, you brought up an interesting point in regard to him getting on the field. Well, he had opportunities last year. You know, you got to remember that, that Wake and Quinn both missed games last year over the course of the season. And he had an opportunity to come in and do something with that opportunity and did not. Over his first two seasons with this team in 17 and 18, he had a Grand total of 19 tackles each season, okay? He had two sacks in 2017, and he had a grand total of one sack last year. So this is a guy that has no ties to this new regime. I, You know, I don't honestly, by default, I feel that he will make this team because it's one of our weaker positions, but he's not going to be here very long if he has any kind of season like he's had these first two years. I'm right on page with you, Jim, as far as watching him and seeing what he's done, and it's really next to nothing. He just it, It's just a big goose egg in regard to him as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. The only thing I will say is, you know, Greer drafted him, so he does have that tie, but uh, he has no ties to the coaching staff. So Right, that's what I meant, Mike. I yeah. should have really said that. All right, so you both think it's going to be Charles Harris, huh? 
Well, that's what we just talked about for the last five minutes, Mike. So I would hope so. Well, (laughs) that's what it it sounded like. You know, I'm surprised you guys agreed on something. I know that is kind of crazy. I I will Uh mention that my number two uh, potential bust is is uh, McCain, our defensive back. But you know, I got to hope that he, you know, the the coaching staff finds a, a better home for him and he gets some confidence back and can go out there and play ball. So, Well, I think he's going to have a slot corner job, to be honest with you, because I don't think they have anybody else to put there. But, you know, that could, that could change in camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, could, who'd you have? There's this guy on the offensive side of the ball who hasn't impressed me when he's played, and that's been uh, Daniel Kilgore. You know, they've, got, they've brought in a bunch of young linemen, and I think that it's possible that, one of them could possibly take his job. You know, I look back at his career, and uh, the last really stellar season he had was 2014. Uh, uh, that year, PFF graded him at 77.9. Uh, and then he had a bad year in 15, and uh, sort of okay year in 16 and 17, and then he flopped again in the four games he played last year. And I looked at his, his last year grades, and uh, the two teams he did worst against were the Jets and the, and the Patriots. Uh, he did all right against Denver, and he did all right against Oakland. Uh, so, you know, those are bad teams to do poorly against. Yeah, exactly, because you got to play them twice. So, the, you know, the matchups in the division don't favor him. And uh, you know, I'm just thinking that this is a guy who's who's not going. He's not ascending. He, he's going to be regressing. You know, he, this is his ninth year. So. I just think he's somebody that, that should be on the way out uh, based on his performance and uh, based on his age. Yeah, you're, you're talking five years ago, Mike, when he yeah. had his best season. So his better days may be behind him and also throwing well, he, the- he actually had his best season uh, in 2012, the year after he was drafted. But, you know, the, the season 2014 was a decent year. He, you know, he, he, he ranked 77.9, which is an excellent grade. Right. Well, throw in the fact that he's going against, in our division, he's going to have four games against two rookie defensive tackles that he's going to have to handle. And these guys are going to be <laughs> they're, they're going to be good It'll football. It'll be a handful, right? It'll be good football players. Um, I, I, I like this one too, Mike. Uh, you know, I I didn't see enough of him last year to to really like uh, sit there and say, well, you know what, this guy's going to be a complete bust. But with what you brought up in regard to, you know, his best season being five years ago or his, you know, the last good season, right. I should say, he had was five years ago, then – uh, you know that that's a great point, and it's something that probably most Dolphin fans didn't know. And uh, you know, it, it's something going forward that I'm sure the coaching staff is gonna is gonna have to address. So yeah, I like that one as well. Now we'll see. You know, there's always the possibility they put him in a scheme that's going to work for him. You know, I don't know really what his strengths and weaknesses are exactly for the same reason that you said. I haven't seen enough of him. You know, I get, but based on their grades here, you know, he's he's had struggles run blocking and pass blocking, and he's done well run blocking and pass blocking in different years. So he just hasn't really put it together since 2014, and that's why that grade was much higher than the rest of them. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, when I, when I looked at Kilgore, I was kind of like with the rest of the fan base, I think we're just hoping that he's going to be a decent center for us this year. We've had such trouble on our offensive line. Uh, the thought of 
moving on from our most experienced guy is a bit scary uh, considering the rookies we're going to have. But I agree, you know, if one of these young guys steps up to the to the plate and does well, then Kilgore is going to be out the door. Hey guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. Yeah, you know, I had an honorable mention, and if I didn't go with Kilgore, I was going to go with Kiko Alonso, but I didn't want to sound like a broken record, so I decided to go with Kilgore instead. Yeah, I think Kiko, you know, Mike, it's funny you mentioned Kiko because, you know, I, I looked at him, and we 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 all have, <laughs> we all feel the same way about Kiko. But the thing is, is that with this new coaching staff, maybe they'll use him in a way where he's productive. So I kind of stood away from him only for those two reasons, because he was he would have been an obvious choice, number one. And number two, maybe they'll put him in a position to where he can excel and do something positive for the team. The linebacker position, the guy that I had as an honorable mention in regard to guys that just might not get the job done or be on this team for much longer is, is McMillan. Uh, he's, he's a guy that didn't rate well uh, last year. He didn't have a good right. grade. Um, it, among linebackers, he was at the very, very bottom. You know, no sacks out of him, no interceptions. So what is the guy doing, really? I mean, he's not get. I mean, he's not really put in a position to get to the quarterback, but do you see him making plays – on, on running backs behind the line of scrimmage. Do you see him making plays in any way, shape, or form? So he's another guy that, you know, Baker totally outshined him. You know, they were both basically rookies last year, but Baker totally outshined him. And okay, but he, in his defense, he was coming off a pretty significant knee injury. And sometimes those take a little while to come back from. Obviously, he was back on the field, but sometimes it takes longer than that. I would, I would think we'll have a much better gauge of what McMillan is this year. But Mike, as the season went on, did you see anything differently out of him? And, and I, I, thought I, he, I, I thought he improved the past, the last uh, half of the season. I'm yeah, not saying he was good. I'm right. not saying he was an all star. Don't take me wrong. But he was. He wasn't the liability he was earlier in the season. Now remember, this was the worst ranked defense in franchise history, so I cannot, you know, I can't jump too hard on his bandwagon. But I, I think we just need to wait and see what we see. Right. I mean, like I like I was trying to say though, Mike, I did not see him and and I get your point. He was coming off an injury, but I didn't see him getting to a level that I was happy with. Late in the season, I understand. The no, first, I get that. The first half that. of the season, I you know, you give him the benefit of the doubt. All right, he's coming back from an injury, but you know what? At some point, guys, we have to have guys out there making plays on both sides of the football, whether they're coming off of injuries, whether they're not. Whatever the case may be, they have to start making plays and be productive. And this is a guy that you know I'm really not sold on. You know, I'm not so sure he's going to be here much longer. If he has a season similar to what he did last year, I, I just don't see him being around much. 
So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Don't take me wrong. I'm saying we just got to see what we see. You know, I'm kind of uh, right in the middle with him, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't want to call him a scrub, and I don't want to say he's going to be anything either. I just think we got to look. Yeah, I I think he's more of a a two-down, run-stuffing type linebacker. Oh, I definitely agree with that. You know, he was, say what you want, but Burke was terrible on the defensive side of the ball, and you saw guys trying to do things they shouldn't be doing. And, you know, you can't ask Baker to do things like, I'm mean, yeah, excuse me, McMillan to do that, you know, chase the guy to the other sideline type of thing. Coming off that injury, I did like his tackling and his form, but he needs to get his feet going quicker and let his instincts drive him to the ball rather than waiting too long. So Yeah, he, he looks slow to me yep, over the does. whole course of the season. Yep. He really did. He was always late to filling gaps just a lot of different things, which he's on the field to do, and that's it. I mean, he's basically a one-dimensional linebacker. There's no question about it. And you you hit it right on, Jim, where he's, you know, a first and second down guy. In the NFL nowadays, <laughs> you know, you got to have guys out there that are capable of doing a lot more than what he's capable of doing. So we'll see what happens going forward. Mike is always saying you're only as good as your weakest link. And if you put your first and second down linebacker in and the quarterback sees that, well, what's he going to call up? He's going to call up a pass play to right where that guy is. And, you know, so if if that's what you're going to do, you're going to have to be very careful with it and disguise it somehow. So we're going to have to wait and see how how these things all play out you, this season. You can't you can't hide somebody for sixteen games. No, nope, that's for sure. Well, maybe he's a guy that comes in, you know, down by the goal line and and plays some run defense. You know, I, we'll we'll see going forward. I'm not like I said, I'm not thrilled with his play up to this point. I think he's a very one dimensional player and. And again, in in today's NFL, like you said, Jim, it's tough because when the quarterback's looking across the line and seeing a guy that's not going to be capable of covering a running back or a tight end down the middle of the field or on an out or whatever the case may be, you know, you're you're at a disadvantage right off Jump Street. So I think you're going to see Fitzpatrick in that role. You're going to see somebody else in that role. I don't think you're going to see McMillan in that role. Yeah, well, you could also see a weird alignment where you've got, you know, Two linebackers and five or six DBs well, back there, too. So. Yes. Right, right, right. There's no question. There's going to be all different scenarios thrown out there. Now, as far as, far as Kiko's concerned, uh, you know, in, in 2013, his rookie season, he had a grade of 80.4, which is excellent. That was with who, Mike? Buffalo? That was with Buffalo, yes. Right. And then, okay. then he went to Philadelphia two years later because he hurt his knee and missed the season. And uh, his grade was uh, 39.3, which is not excellent. <laughs> that's, uh, not, that's not a good number? That's not a good number. Oh, okay. Uh, that's bad for a rookie. Um, now, the next three years with us, he had grades of 61.3, 49.1, and 49.7. Last year, he did have a, a respectable run defense grade. His, his grade was 68.8, which is respectable. The grade runs up to 90 for those that you know don't know, or actually 100, but 90 is considered elite. And his coverage grade was 41.9. Uh, the year before, it was 38.6. The year before, it was 62.5. So you can see, I mean, he struggles in coverage. Obviously, everybody knows that that watches him. But, the, the you know, he's, he's an okay tackler. He's not a great tackler like everybody thinks he is, but he's okay. I mean, you can get by with him tackling. 
The problem is you got to get them off the field on third down, and I've been saying this forever. So again, this is another guy, you know, with McMillan who who maybe you got to get off the field on third down. So maybe Van Ginkle comes in and maybe Fitzpatrick, you know, fills a role there and then there you have it, you know. We'll have to see what they do. So putting McMillan and Alonzo on the field at the same time is a bad thing, huh? <laughs> if they're throwing it is <laughs> it, it was last year whether they were throwing or running did yeah. it make any it was, difference it was pretty painful last year i know that well, well regardless like of said, what the alonzo's, alonzo's run defense grade wasn't terrible last year so i give him credit for that uh i mean the guy's got a high motor and he's at he's attacking the game and attacking the football you got to give him a lot of credit for that and he i would have thought that grade was worse by yeah. the way i would have because he seemed to overrun an awful lot of plays but you yeah. know sometimes uh they see it differently than we do yeah but uh you know he he does make a lot of tackles he leads the team in tackles and all but uh you know oftentimes it's it's too late when he makes the tackle so it's 10 yards downfield you know, yeah. it seems like yeah. 75% of the time. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't right, so, want to start on Alonzo. No, I know. It's, it's <laughs> kind of unfair. It's, it's you know, we should just watch and see what happens with him. But uh, who else would you throw into that category or the other category, the uh, guys likely to impress? I like Preston Williams. Uh, he's another guy that I think is really going to surprise this year. I think he's going to get an op- opportunity. Think he takes Parker's job? I I don't know about that, Mike, but I think he's going to wind up making this team. I mean, anybody who had 96 receptions for like 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns, I, there's something to the guy. And I he's under the radar, and I think he's going to sneak up on a lot of people. Uh, you remember Gadsden? You know, Arande sure. Gadsden? I mean, he came out Biggest of nowhere. I've ever seen. And <laughs> was just – an extremely, extremely good football player for us that just constantly made plays. And this is a guy that's going to have an opportunity. I mean, you look at our wide receiving uh, core, and there's a lot of guys there that that there's question marks behind. Two guys coming off for injuries, like Jim said earlier. Yeah, Devontae Parker is is the biggest question mark in the NFL. I mean, he he's just yeah, he's a guy that you just can't figure out at all. Yep. And then you got Stills, who you know what you're getting out of. And uh, am, who am I missing here? Is there no, somebody? You, no, you covered you the big ones. Got you, you got, got basically, Wilson, you got Grant, you got Parker, you got Stills. And we and got uh, Stills. So, I mean, that's where we're at right now. So, this, is got, this guy is primed to come in and surprise people. He's going to be in a position. We're, we're, we're going to carry how many receivers on the team? Usually five or six. Usually five or six. I see him making the team, and I see him surprising a lot of people. So that that's a that's a monkey wrench guy that I had on my list. Uh, I don't know what you you know your thoughts are, Mike, Jim, on him. You know, well, I for sure would wouldn't be too surprised to see him take Parker's job because you know the only the only way I see him not taking his job is if he threatens Parker and he steps up and plays ball. You know, we've seen Parker many times, be it injury or lack of heart or whatever you want to say, he just doesn't look like he's playing out there. If this Williams uh, Williams comes in and is hungry and, and wants to prove it, the team, then boy, 
Wouldn't that be awful to have two six foot three monster receivers out there? We can put one on each side and see what happens. Well, I'm not going to call Devontae Parker a monster receiver because I have no reason to believe he will be, but I do think he's going to perform a little bit better than he has the past couple of years. Yeah, well, what I mean is is two six foot two or three or four receivers uh-huh. with long, you know, big catch radiuses and stuff like that. That's something that we haven't really had. And, uh, you know, I think Williams is going to be motivated, and that may motivate Parker. So we'll see what happens. I think Parker just needs to get out of camp healthy. If he can do that, then uh, the sky's the limit for him. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he needs to get out of the shower healthy, I think. All right. Yeah, let's, let's. Uh-huh. And one, All right. one other guy, Mike, that you mentioned was the linebacker, Van Ginkle. I, I feel that he's going to be, be plugged in and utilized more than people think. So I think so, too. But, yeah. you know, he's got – well, that's what I want to see training camp for. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But there's definitely a need for him. So we'll, we'll have to see if he picks it up and if he's got the athletic ability they're looking for. Right. All right. Anything else, Lewis? Uh, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, you know, we we could we could spend another hour on this, but it's all speculation. And I think that the guys that we that we all mentioned tonight are guys that uh, well, I think we're all in agreement on for the most part. And yeah, I think we are. I, I think these guys are the guys that we mentioned are at each end of the spectrum where they should be. So we'll see how it all unfolds. You know, I can't wait to get this thing rolling. Getting excited. Yeah, we're almost there. Almost there. We're getting there. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, Thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, Everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Fins up. Fins up, everybody. Fins up, doll fans. Fins up.